I'm Talia Zafari. And I'm Lara Sami. Together, we are co-presidents of Teens Find Middle Ground. Teens Find Middle Ground aims to create meaningful dialogue among us teenagers, the future leaders of the world. Every week, we bring together teenagers from different political backgrounds who have varying opinions in hopes to find a middle ground. We want to break the cycle created by politicians and the media that create a us versus them mentality and instead promote a bipartisan solution to enact lasting change through meaningful discourse. This week, we will be discussing the 27th Conference of the Parties to the United Nations Framework Convention on Climate Change, or better known as the COP27. The COP27 is a conference where global leaders can regain momentum on climate change, make the necessary pivot from negotiations to implementation, and get moving on the massive transformation that must take place throughout all sectors of society to address the climate emergency. We were wondering what you think the impacts and the different outcomes of the COP27 will have. I think one of the most important things of the COP is that they move forward with fulfilling um, the Paris Agreement um, and all those criteria that were agreed agreed upon by various nations. I think that this topic can be precarious because unfortunately nowadays climate change has also become like like weaponized in a political sense. And so it's very interesting to understand what those nuances are. Um, You know, I guess there's also a big contrast in the fact that climate change is understood as purely a scientific pursuit in the sense that it's restricted to the actions of scientists and labs building upon reducing our carbon emissions. There's a journal article by Donald Waller who solely focuses on the you know, the climate-based aspects of it. But if you go back to like articles that were written by Cronin or McKibben, who are also famous environmentalists, they talk about um, the romanticization of 19th century theologians um, and this idea of the sublime and how God is inherently intermingled with um, the environment. So I think nowadays it's also important to consider that nature has a very much a spiritual context. Um, So I think that those types of climate initiatives should also emphasize that. Yesterday, one of like the biggest outcomes occurred and it was announced, which was that the EU would agree to a loss and damage fund to help poor countries with climate disasters. Do you think that this will result in an improvement or do you think that countries will stray away from this promise? I personally think that it's a great idea and ideal. Um, in practice, obviously, it's impossible to tell. My only issue would be that if, um, you know, uh, first world countries are helping third world countries like solve climate is- or um, like natural disaster issues, um, what kind of like hierarchical structure that creates between nations? So going back to my point of like, how climate can be a politicized idea. Interesting that Egypt hosted it because Egypt was very vulnerable to climate change. Um, They have like dust storms, like heat waves, and especially like with the Mediterranean, there are a lot of extreme weather events. So it's almost a contradiction that they hosted it. Any thoughts? Well, I think it's also interesting that Egypt hosted it in the sense that oftentimes summits take place um, in 
like seven countries yeah seven countries and so like you have the paris accords for example um and so i i think it's a very different change in narrative to go from you know a country that just underwent um an arab spring a change in government a change in infrastructure and you know um legal i guess legal infrastructure as well um and so i I think that's like a, a great perhaps a great aspect to consider definitely especially since the cop26 was held in the uk one thing that caught my eye in the news recently was this country tuvalu which was like uploaded um like its entirety into the metaverse due to the rising sea level so i'm wondering what you guys think about that as what that sends about the message of climate change currently um i think that it's one in one sense i mean it's it's incredibly disheartening that a country should resort to becoming an online nation because i think obviously what if in a metaphorical sense if you consider what the importance of a nation is it's almost a sense of community um it's a sense of heritage due to um you know nature and its landmarks right because you know a country some of like some of the most distinguishing natural resources and landmarks and cuisines those all emanate from the earth um from the land uh, i mean from the water most of the time that um surrounds the nation um and so for a nation to be completely digital almost seems like we've resorted to calling this a contemporary atlantis of sorts um and so i think that you know in time at least the i guess the mystery of to lose heritage won't be lost um and i think that's great that we can do so on technology but the issue that a nation is disappearing due to rising water levels and displacements and therefore the imminent creation of more and more climate refugees is it's interesting how tuvalu is located by in between like australia and hawaii and then you see venice in um europe which is 80 percent of the city right now is underwater so it's not just in certain parts of the world it's definitely taking the entire globe also, I think it's important because Tuvalu has the average, the income is $1,000 per year, making it one of the poorest countries. Um, so especially since this country does not have a strong infrastructure, and I feel if it was a larger country or it was a more developed country, there would be more action taken to speak about Tuvalu, but because of its um, low economic status, there's a different outlook now. Can, can I ask you guys a question? Sure. What are your thoughts on what the United States is doing in order to aid climate change? You know they have the the plan to get to all electric cars by 2035. And so I definitely think that will make a big difference considering that a lot of our greenhouse gas emissions do come from cars, right? Biden said by 2050, um, the United States wants to have a zero, a net zero emission abroad and at, at home. So I feel like this is, this is a really admirable goal, except how this will be achieved is a real question. Now, one thing that I feel like our country needs is um, literature and even like, uh, like, uh, 
types of perhaps like media and arts that can even be consumed allegorically um, in order for the public to consume this urgency on a different level that's apart from world leaders and even like journal articles which are overly serious. I think that like alarmism is definitely never an important practice, but I think it's essential that um, like pop culture reflects this urgency um, in an accurate way. In the U.S. it's kind of unique because there's a lot more um, like interest in like renewable energy and like um, more environmentally friendly practices. Like we see like the electric vehicle market like completely booming, uh, which is kind of wild to think about how like 10 years ago it was kind of just non-existent and now just everybody's really into it. Um, and then like same with like solar panels. So I think there's just a lot more market demand for things like that in the US, which is kind of impressive. I think that can drive a lot of change uh, because it's one thing to build up all of the, um, like the infrastructure for it and one thing to like drive up demand. So I think that having the demand there is kind of a really a critical first step. I think it's definitely important to educate people within the US and through pop culture is a great avenue, but also um, through the world as well. And a lot of climate documents and um, information about climate change is not really translated into a lot of the languages hitting most, especially in the Middle East. And so there's this organization called Climate Cardinals that was founded by Sophie Chiani, translate 105 different um, languages in like 41 countries. And so definitely young people are at the heart of this movement. And it's clear that people that are young activists care a lot about the future. Of climate. How do you think the U.S. plan to stop climate change compares to, for example, Germany's plan as Germany by um, 2045 wants to have um, a fully carbon neutral country? And also, what do you think that Germany has the carbon emission and the greenhouse gas emission has dropped about 39% since 1990. The U.S.'s fluctuation between our leaders having different stances on climate change impacts the routes that we take because Trump, um, who left office, was skeptical about climate change and like never believed it, even though many officials would provide him with facts. And then we have Biden now who does believe it, but... Who says that in 2024, there's going to be um, a new president who doesn't believe it? So just the going back and forth between leaders affects our plans. The Ger Germany and the United States have very different likes to fall on. Um, Germany has a lot more regulations in place from an earlier period in time. Like, for example, the incentive to get a bottle back might be one euro. Instead, we're here, it's like five cents. The U.S. is just adapting the no plastic bag bag. But in Germany, that's issue you know has been i guess almost abolished since a much earlier time i think that in europe there's just kind of a more environment environmentally conscious culture like with the plastic bags versus reusable bags like i think that's something that's been going on um in europe for a long time whereas in the u.s that's something that people are still like taking a while to adapt to and i think a lot of people are like kind of annoyed when they can't get a plastic bag at the grocery store and like in the grand scheme of things, like the U.S. when it was built, it's kind of like entirely a car-centric um, layout with like all like major cities are kind of just like 
with the exception of like New York and a couple East Coast cities. Um, like all the like the big Texas cities are just massive roads with massive highways. Um, and it just kind of makes public transportation or walking incredibly inaccessible. Well, I think something that makes the United States different from countries in Europe and countries around the world is that everybody thinks they need to have an opinion on like a specific side on every single issue. So I think with the paper bags, it's like, oh, well, if I'm taking my own bag, then I'm submitting to that climate change is real. And we saw with like paper straws, it created such a stigma around them and hatred. And there was just so much unnecessary tension when the reality was that there was just trying to be a better solution that was more climate friendly. The French government essentially makes food um, accessible to its public. That doesn't exist in the United States. Um, there's this envelope company called Pacheco um, in France, and they essentially have adopted a 100% like renewable and sustainable um, business model. For, for example, for every one tree they cut down in order to make a reel of envelopes, they plant for in its place. So I think like on a smaller boutique business-based um, level, that's really important to do. Yeah, I mean, I think one thing that makes me optimistic is that a lot of these businesses that a key focus of them is being environmentally conscious. I think that sort of like gets a lot of consumer interest. And I think a lot of people would buy that product over another one just because of that. Thank you so Thank much you for having so us. Um, this was really interesting discussion. Um, and I love all the work that you guys have been doing. Yeah. Thank you for leading this. Um, I really enjoyed going. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining. We hope to see you soon.